Kings chapter 7, and I want to read the verse, first three verses. It said, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Elisha, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing and favor over the message and the messenger? I appreciate hearing you pray with me if you would. Father, we just come before you today. Thank you for your goodness and grace, for what we've already experienced in this house. Lord, we are humbled by your awesome presence. And I'm asking you today to hide me behind the cross, to speak in me and through me into the hearts of your people. And Lord, that everyone would receive what it is that the Spirit wants to say to the church. I know that you've been dealing with me continuously, perpetually in this area over the last several days. God, I'm asking you today to help me articulate it in a way that will glorify you. I thank you and I praise you for all your blessings. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name. And the church said, Amen. The title of the message this morning is called Town Painting Party Days. Town Painting Party Days. I'm going to be preaching through 2 Kings chapter 7 this morning. And I want to start out by asking the question, why do we just sit here until we die? Why do we sit in our puddle languishing when life is too short and there's much to be done? This chapter in the Bible is probably one of the most graphic narratives that you will find in the Word of God. It is around 593 B.C. in the land of Israel. The ministry of the prophet Elisha is certainly creating a buzz. But a tremendous famine has hit the land and is causing chaos and great, great concern. It gets very graphic right here, so hold on. But the famine was so bad that people within the city were eating donkeys' heads. And they were eating waste from birds. And they went so far as to begin to participate in cannibalism of their own family members. It was awful. It was disgusting. It was devastating. But then God sent a word by the prophet. This was the word. This time tomorrow, fine flour and barley will be abundant very reasonably priced, and the famine will suddenly come to an abrupt end for the people of God. 
There was an officer who served the king who responded with cynicism and doubt in his heart. And he said these words, If the Lord would open the windows of heaven, might this thing be? And Elisha responded to that skeptic and said these words, You will see it, but you will not eat any of it. You will not eat thereof. God was going to turn things on a dime. God was going to turn an awful situation in simply a 24-hour period. From de- famine and depravity to abundance and feasting. And here is how it unfolded. At the gate right outside the city, there was four men that were ate up with leprosy. Their skin, no doubt, hanging from their bones and eye sockets bulging. Life and limbs decaying day after day. Their mortality was very much closing in upon them. They could not be around family and friends and anyone walking within a certain distance to where these men were. The men were required by law to cry out really loud, unclean, unclean. And one day, while the four men were outside the gate of the city, they looked at each other and they asked the question, Why do we sit here until we die? There's a famine in the city. And so if we go back into the city, we will certainly die there. We can stay here and either the leprosy or the famine will get us. There's no scraps left at the garbage heaps, at the refuse piles. And so one of them come up with the idea. I suggest we go into the enemy's camp. The Syrians are just a little distance away. So if they go over there, if they they kill us because they realize that we're Jews, then they'll just thrust us the sword through our bodies and our misery will be over. But who knows? Maybe when we go over there, they'll have mercy upon us and give us some food to partake of. And so they show up. Four lepers, four puny, anemic, undernourished lepers, underweight and malnourished. And so when they approach the Syrian enemy's camp, just a little distance away, the Bible said when the enemy, the Syrians, heard them coming, they didn't hear four weak and malnourished and underweight lepers. Oh no, God made them sound like chariots and horses that were coming and the noise of a great army that had come upon the camp where they all were. The Bible goes on to say that the Syrians became frightened and they fled their tents in a hurry and all the way to the Jordan River some 25 miles away. These four lepers show up. They probably can barely get there but when they get to all the tents of the Syrian they find gold and they find silver and they find food and they find drink and they find so much they begin to enjoy the party from one tent to the other I imagine uh, ever since they had gotten the bad news they had never had a good news kind of day but this day was a party day the bounty was plenteous for these four diseased leprous Jews that no one would have anything to do with even among their own countrymen but what I want to get to is this part it says in verse 9 I imagine it was one leper must have said to the other three it said these words we do not do well this day this is a day of good news and we are holding 
our peace. We are keeping it to ourselves. We've got some family back in the city of Samaria that's in a famine. We've got people, our own countrymen, that are cannibalizing and eating each other to try to stay alive. Oh, we've got people in a much uh, more difficult place even than we are. And so the scripture says they report it to the king. And even the king was skeptical. They come back for leprous men. King, we found the Syrians' tents. They're all empty. There's gold and there's silver and there's, there's food enough to feed everyone and above in the city of Samaria. And the king had some skepticism about it as, they, as, as he learns this information. And so what happens is, and the king has doesn't accept that God has turned the famine on a dime from scarcity to plenty. The wealth of the wicked Syrians had been given to God's chosen people, the Jews. Well, let me tell you, the news got out in the streets of the city of Samaria and in droves they left the city and they went to the vacant tents of the Syrian army and they spoiled the tents and flour and barley became abundantly available. God had in fact kept his promise. In 24, my Lord, in 24 hours he had turned a time of depravity into a time of, 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 of meaning and blessing. He had turned a, a famine time into a time of feasting. You remember the skeptical officer who was the king's right hand man? Well he was keeping the gate and when he opened the gate he was trampled over by the people of the city of Samaria and he died because he failed to believe the word of the Lord and the prophet of the Lord. His doubt and his cynicism against the word and the work of the Lord cost him his life. I want to tell you something today. I serve a God that can turn things around in a moment. He can turn things around in a 24-hour period. I come by to tell someone today, oh, who knows? Could it be that about this time tomorrow, the miracle that you've been waiting for for the last year, two years, five years, ten years, twenty years, could it be that God is about to release that blessing into your life? Could it be that this time tomorrow, somebody rings my phone and says God promised and God kept his word and in a 24-hour period God has turned things around for me oh somebody give the Lord praise now we could stop right there and we could dismiss and we could go home and celebrate that we have heard the word of God that's just the first half of the message because I tell you, there's some lessons that we need to learn from the lives of these four lepers. And so for a few moments, let me just share with you as the Lord has directed me today. First lesson I believe that those lepers teach us is that it is time to leave the pity party. It is time to leave the pity party. One looked over at the other, or two looked at the other two, or three looked at one. Somehow they communicated. There's just no need in sitting here wasting away to nothing. If it's our turn to die, then we're going to be found doing something. I'm telling you, we're not going to sit here and mope and groan over our current scenario. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep on keeping on, for we know our God, and we know that he is well able to 
turn our situation around for his glory and for his honor. Let me just come by and preach a little bit here this morning. We may not appear like much to each other, but I want to tell you something. You are a child of God. And in Hebrews 10.35, he says these words, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Oh, let me just say it again. This time tomorrow, somebody shout that with me. This time tomorrow, say it again. This time tomorrow, I'm telling you, you keep your confidence in God. You keep your eyes upon Jesus. You set your affection on things above. If you wait on the world to encourage you, they'll let you down. If you wait on your family to encourage you, they may fail you. Even your church family may turn their back on you. But the bottom line is, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So that we may say, the Lord is my helper. And God's going to turn this thing around for his glory. Sometimes the cares of life take their toll on us, even to the point that mars our countenance. But I'm reminded of what Paul wrote when he said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto his care against that day. It's not who I am today, but it's who I belong to. Your name and my name is engraved upon the palm of his hand. You and I are the apple of his eye. And I've heard through the grapevine that about this time tomorrow, God's going to turn things around for you and I tomorrow about this time God will make a way where there seems to be no way tomorrow about this time streams will flow again in the desert the wilderness will blossom as a rose tomorrow about this time you can choose to dwell in the pity party of your past. Or you can make up your mind that my latter is going to be greater than my former. And I choose to leave the pity party and focus on the future that God has for me. The second lesson them lepers teach us is that we are to run the enemy away and out of the party. I'm fascinated here that the Lord has altered the enemy's sense of hearing. There were only four weak and puny lepers. But God reaches down and touches the hearing of every Syrian warrior. And so their hearing is altered So that these four puny lepers sound like an army that has snuck up on them. (laughs) Just just four chapters earlier, in chapter 3, a different enemy was approaching where the Jewish camp was. And when they got to a body of water just before where the Israelis were, they looked and saw the body of water, and it had looked like it had been turned into blood. And so by that, they thought the whole Jewish army on the other side of that water was all dead. They were all slaughtered, and it was blood that was flowing from all of them perishing. But what God had done was, 
God had altered their sight to make the water look like blood. And when they snuck up on the Jewish army, surprise, they weren't dead at all. The Jewish army defeated them and slaughtered them. I'm telling you, God enjoys messing with the enemy. He messes with the enemy's eyesight. He messes with the enemy's hearing. (laughs) So what I'm here to say today is that if we're going to leave the pity party and head for the real party, then let's make sure that we run the enemy completely out of the party. Mm. Who wants to attend a party where there is tension and animosity? Well, let me tell you, that's what the party's going to be when the devil's allowed at the party. We get there, and we enjoy the spoils. But some of us, unfortunately, want to let the enemy hang around. I learned, you say, what are you talking about, preacher? I say, I learned this a long time ago. It was a tough pill to swallow. I thought when I started out pastoring that everybody would love me. I'm a likable guy. And I thought for sure everybody that I ever pastor will like me. My wife thinks I'm a likable guy. She wouldn't have married me, I promise you. But I learned early. Very early in pastoral ministry that you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have cynics and skeptics. They're always going to be present. They're in the Pulaski Church of God. And if I'm not careful, I will allow them to ruin my party. Absolutely. I'm preaching good here. Hey, if I'm not careful, I can become a naysayer myself. Oh, y'all getting quiet on me now. You see, naysayers believe they're called of God. They do. Yeah, they do. And I want the naysayers in the house to know we love the naysayers. We love you in the Lord. We want you to be delivered. We want you to be set free from your negative spirit. But I also know this, that once you are delivered, there will always be someone to take your place. Naysayers are those who love to make a stink. They love to, they think they're increasing their influence. I've had people that, decided they were going to handle a conflict with me as a, as a pastor, and they were going to do it in front of six or eight people. Oh, yeah. So they dressed me down. And what they didn't realize is that they weren't increasing their influence at all. They were simply making a fool of themselves. And here's the truth. When a person does that, all they're doing is letting the enemy enjoy the party. But I want to remind the children of God of this today. The lepers didn't know this, and often we fail to remember it, but we are the anointed of the Lord. God has placed an anointing and an unction inside of every one of His children of God. 
And I pray that that anointing would manifest itself so powerfully that when we show up in the room, the enemy knows his invitation to the party has been withdrawn. (laughs) You know how it works. Negative feedback. It just kind of comes to you and it zaps you and tries to play games with your mind. I just really love it when them people come to me and say, there's some people wanting me to come talk to you. I don't know if those people are their own body, soul, and spirit, plural. And so you walk away from that. They've got some concerns. They're troubled about some things. And then you're receiving that, and you walk away, well, are they representing 10, 20, 50 people? It just plays games with your mind, doesn't it? Y'all been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But I do not want to sit and waste away on that that poisons my faith, discourages my hope, and zaps my joy. So first, I'm leaving the pity party. Second, I'm going to a new party. And I believe when I get there, I believe I can be anointed enough that the enemy will be driven away from the party. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if people of God would just refuse to participate in sidebar conversations that poison your faith and feed your doubt. Wouldn't it be great if somebody comes up to you and they want to just dig about someone else in the church? They just want... Wouldn't it be great if you just started speaking in tongues? Wouldn't it be great if they came up to you and they started trying to poison your faith and you said, you know what, we're going to pray right now. And to their surprise, you laid your big old hand on top of their corrupt head and started, oh God, deliver them from listening to such poison that's discouraging their faith. And let me just say this to one that feels it's their divine calling in life to divide and poison others and spread your unbelief around. Take a lesson from the king's assistant. You can live in your unbelief and spread your poison in the faces of the promises of God. And you can live to see others enjoy the blessings and benefits of those promises. And you not get to participate in the spoils of the party. This man, this assistant, this servant of the king in doubt and cynicism got run over by the parade of faith on their way to the party. My Lord, I'd love to spend some more time there, but I'm going to go on. So the lepers teach us it's time to leave the pity party 
The lepers teach us it's time to run the enemy out of the party that we're heading to. And then thirdly and finally, the lepers teach us that you got to share the party spoils with other people. Come on now. They're eating and drinking. They're throwing gold and silver in the air. And one looks at the other three and says, this is not good. We have some good news. We must share the we must share the good news we've got good news inside of us we have a pearl of great price within us we have a treasure in earthen vessel and i want to tell you you want to increase the value of that that's inside of you you start sharing it with other people and you will cause the value to skyrocket And I say to the Pulaski Church of God today that if people don't believe the word of the Lord, they won't be ready for his coming. But if we don't give them the message, they can't be ready for his coming. It's time for town painting party days. Sounds kind of odd, kind of strange. Let me just talk to you for a few moments. I was praying over the last couple of weeks, and I began to ask myself the question. And honestly, I had not asked this question up until just recently. But I was praying, asking the Lord, asking myself, why did the church burn down? I'm sure that question has gone through your mind. For some of you who have been here for so long, you've probably asked yourself hundreds of times, there are several possible explanations. A trial of faith, absolutely. Attack of the enemy, not so sure on that one. Was God trying to get our attention as a church body? Could it be that we've been guilty of focus on the church of our God more than the God of our church? Did God... Somebody mentioned this to me the other day, and boy, it just resonated in my spirit. Did God hit the reset button for the Pulaski Church of God? Then as sure as I asked that question, the Holy Spirit dropped this into my, into my heart. Should we be asking about decor and lights and seats and flooring? And these are all important questions and needful answers but the more important question is, is should we be asking, how can this new facility serve our community? How can this serve those who haven't come yet? This cannot be a shrine to our legacy. It cannot be a monument to our past. It cannot be a mausoleum of memories. I'm telling you, it's town painting party time. We must plan town painting party days. We've been to the party. We've driven the enemy from the party. We have the spoils from the party. It's time to share the spoils of the party with others in the town.
I was praying further. I'm telling you, Lord, it just messed me up. Over the last two weeks, and this is what he was dropping into my spirit, and it's still not clear, but this part is clear. God is calling us to paint our town and county with the image of God. God is calling us to paint our town and county with the image of Jesus. Painting is coverage. And you and I are made in the image of God. If we are the image of God, God is love. If we are the image of Jesus, Jesus came to serve. I'm calling Pulaski Church of God to image ministries. Not your image. Not my image. The image of God. And God is love. The image of Jesus. And Jesus came to serve. What does that mean? Showing the love of God in our community. Modeling the servanthood of Christ in our community. What's that going to look like, Pastor? I'm not completely certain, but I know this. I know that on a day last summer, when you blessed needy Pulaski County children with school supplies and backpacks, that was a town painting party day. You painted it with God's love. I heard about 10 amens. Can I get a couple more? That was a town painting party day. And you are never more like the image of God than when you're showing the love of God. That night last November when I sat back dumbfounded trying to figure out how to fill my eight or ten shoeboxes over a three-hour period while others were doing hundred plus. You were never more like the image of Jesus than that evening when you came and packed shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child so that needy children around the world could enjoy Christmas. It was a town painting party day. My God. I had the honor this week to stand before the Rotary. Right on the heels of sharing with you a couple of weeks ago about how Peter's mother-in-law got healed and then she immediately began serving. Then the very next day, I got an invitation to go and speak to the Rotary, and I was very honored by it. And, and I stood with several of the leaders in our town and in our community, and I shared with them. I love their motto, service over self. I thought, wow, boy, that just really resonated in my heart. God is calling Pulaski Church of God to some town painting party days to share the love of God to the hurting and the broken and the outcast and the downtrodden. It may be through Go Pulaski. It may be the Rock Youth Ministry. It may be the Pulaski Youth Center. It may be the Pregnancy Resource Center. It may be blessing our first responders. It may be penetrating the opioid epidemic that is not outside of our county, but it's right here in our county. 
It may not be visiting a marriage conference that we went to last weekend with six couples from our church and thoroughly enjoyed it. But hey, wouldn't it be great if Pulaski Church of God had our own marriage conference that we could reach out to couples that are under the attack of the enemy and show them the love of God right here? I'm calling on you. Tony, if you'll come to the keys. Those four lepers, they painted the town, didn't they? They painted the town. The whole place enjoyed a town painting party day. They shared. They shared. They left their pity party. The enemy was driven from their destination party. And then they shared the spoils. Four anemic, leprous men. Didn't know if they had another day left on this earth. But much like Peter's mother-in-law who was healed, there was an urgency that hit them. Wait a minute. We're not doing good here. We should be sharing the good news back in town. I don't know how it's going to unfold, but you're going to hear that term again. Town painting party days. I don't think the Lord is near as interested in what that new building looks like as much as he's interested in knowing how many hearts are going to be touched in that sanctuary, in those classrooms. My God, I sense the Spirit. I want you to bow your heads. This song just seems to keep recurring in my heart worship team can slide up here that's fine help me sing but I really really want you to do some soul searching right here are you made in the image of God God is love are you willing to serve are you willing to be and walk in the image of Christ Jesus served You're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm just hungry. I'm hungry to serve. My neighbors, they need Jesus. Town folk need Jesus. People in our county need Jesus. I'm desperate to serve. Today, I'm willing to give myself away. so that you can use me. I've left the pity party. Life circumstances, I can't control them. They're in God's hands. But I'm not going to sit here till I die. I'm leaving the pity party today. I'm the anointed of the Lord. When I show up at my next destination, when I show up and enjoy the bounty of the Lord, I'm not going to allow the enemy 
to have place in my party. Then I realized today that the spoils God has given to me, the heavenly treasures, the gifts of heaven that have been deposited into me were never meant for me to just retain, but they were meant for me to share. I want to be part of that town painting party team. I want to be part of an image ministry, not my image, but God's image, which is love. Jesus' image, which is servanthood. That's me. Thank you.